This episode is brought to you by Simply Photos, LLC, photographers serving central Indiana. Check them out on the web at www.simplyphotos46123.com. Good day, folks. This is Scott with Cue the Smoke with my co-host, Tom, out of the UK. Good. Is it afternoon for you right now, Tom? Yeah, it's uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. Good afternoon, Tom. And folks, I just want to give a big cue the smoke hello and a big thanks to Greg Rakestraw. Uh, most of you, if not all of you, should know him as the voice of the Indy 11 with his color analyst partner, Brad Howder. Um, Brad kind of gave us some insights to Greg's soccer slash sports slash what he would call a sickness. Uh, 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 he he corrected us like he told us right away i said that is absolutely incredible he goes no it's not incredible it's it's a straight up sickness so welcome welcome to the show greg um there's a lot that we can talk about a lot that we can unpack i'm not even i'm just going to glaze over last night we're going to call it an anomaly it happened it's over we need to move on and get three and we need to get them in a hurry um so, Greg, you uh, give us a little bit of your background, if you would, please. Sure. I have now been working professionally in uh, sports radio and sports television in Indianapolis for 25 years. Um, I have been fortunate enough to do a variety of different sports and still do to this day. Uh, maybe the best example I can give you is that on Tuesday, I'll be a part of a television show that's filmed at Victory Field. On Thursday, I'll call a pair of basketball games. On Saturday, I'll do a pre-race show at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. On Saturday night, I'll have the Indy 11 match against OKC Energy. And on Sunday, I'll do a preseason television game for the Indianapolis Colts. So if that variety doesn't describe my life and the variety of things that I cover, I think that's the perfect microcosm of how insanely lucky and blessed I am get to get to do all the various sports that I get to do. Uh, that's absolutely incredible, Greg. I th- think there's a radio show on a Saturday morning that kind of slides in there too. That is correct. That would be soccer <laughs> Saturday. Uh, so at 9 a.m. In fact, depending on how the things play out at the Motor Speedway, I made us do soccer Saturday live from the track. I made us do a double header and have like an hour of soccer conversation and then 90 minutes of, of IndyCar and NASCAR conversation. That, that would be incredible, especially if they were practicing in the background. That would be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, to say the least, it's really interesting. The soccer Saturday is my guilty pleasure. Uh, when we leave up north with my son's training, we instantly jump on the car, hit 107.5, and we do get entertained and we appreciate everything that you do on that show. Uh, it gets us back to the west side, you know, and just kind of gets us in a good soccer mind. Um, so you, well, I tell you what, uh, let, yeah. let me let me jump in and I'll let me that that's actually my entree into being the television voice of the Indy Eleven is doing that show. So right before the Indy Eleven launched, you know, the announcement was made April twenty fifth of twenty thirteen, and honestly, I didn't. I was just taking over as the program director of the fan about a week later. Um, and so I was not involved with the team at that point in time, but over, over the course of the summer, um, obviously the, the kind of the momentum for the Indy 11 was building in 2013. And I end up because of working at MS communications, I have access to the suite at the midfield stripe, the 50 yard line, depending on what sport you're playing at, at Lucas oil stadium, um, for the Chelsea inter Milan match. And uh-huh. 
And, and as I am there, you know, the Indy 11 people may have forgotten now eight years removed from that. The anniversary of that was last week that the Indy 11 were kind of a, a presenting sponsor and, and played a big part with with Peter Wilt, you know, being tied in to the International Champions Cup coming to Indianapolis. And so there are some Indy 11 folks that are kind of, you know, walking through the suites and saying hello and things like that. And I run across a gentleman by the name of Larry Lindy. And some Indy 11 fans will know who that is, but he is one of the people that's kind of behind the scenes with the Indy 11. He is my boss from a broadcast perspective for the Indy 11. Larry and I had worked with each other before uh, in a previous life when he had helped run the hockey franchise, the Indianapolis Ice, when they were in town. And so I said, hey, I said, we need to talk. Uh, I, 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 you guys need to have a presence on the fan. And so it was actually me selling the Indy 11 on in to have a weekly radio show. And the, the big push that, that I gave them was, hey, we, as in 1070 the fan at the time, have the Pacers, have the Colts, have the race, have Butler, have Indiana. You need to come be on this station. It gives you instant credibility. This is where the cool kids hang out, so to speak. Um, you know, and, and let's do a weekly show. And once they said, yeah, well, it's, a, it's a great concept. And, and me as the program director, not just a soccer fan, but me as the program director is thinking, my goodness, these folks have sold 7,000 season tickets before they ever kick a ball. In other words, there's a built-in audience here. Yes, it's a way for us as the radio station to make money, but also I'm in, in, attracting new listeners you know, that will come to the fan and maybe don't li listen to our other programming. So, so that all kind of hatched. Um, and one of the ideas was, hey, let's make this like a weeknight show. And I said, no. I said, if, if you're a weeknight show, I have to move you around. I said, I've got live games all the time. You won't establish a consistent date as to, hey, this is when you can hear Indy 11 soccer or this is when you hear soccer conversation on the radio. I said, if you guys go to Saturday morning, I said, I'll put you right in front of Pacers Weekly. And I'll hardly ever mess with your airtime Saturday, Saturday at nine o'clock in the morning. And you've already got an audience, as you well established, that are taking their kids to soccer matches, that are going to the pub to watch their favorite team. It's an audience that's used to getting up early on a Saturday morning. I think in now the seven plus year history of the show, we are somewhere from an episode standpoint in like the 360s, 370s, in terms of numbers of soccer Saturdays we've had at this point, I think I've moved the show twice. <laughs> and I think both times it was moved up an hour early. It was aired at 8 a.m. instead of nine. So that, that was my introduction to the team, was pitching them on the idea of having a weekly soccer radio show. And because of being the program director at the time at the fan, I said, and I have enough soccer knowledge where I can host the show. Little did I know that we started a relationship that is now going on over eight years and, and I don't see ending anytime in the near future. That's uh, that that's absolutely incredible. The run. Um, and here I am with a podcast and I just hit my dub, double digit episode <laughs> upload. So, um, so you're telling me, you're telling me there's a chance. Okay. Got it. Uh, just have to be yep. consistent and keep putting out the episodes and keep just keep plugging. Absolutely, just keep plugging. Uh, first half of the season, Greg, it, ooh, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, uh, it's it's been it, crazy. 
it's 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 been not good. Uh, and obviously, the, the the low point maybe until six two in Atlanta um, was 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 June fifteenth against Pittsburgh. Um, and and it wasn't. I mean, Pittsburgh's a great team. Bob Lilly teams are, are are exceedingly tough to score on. But just kind of the way that that game played out, and given that it was on the heels of a very disappointing result against an undermanned Memphis team. And then just being beaten up at El Paso, another good team. And Mark Lowry's a heck of a coach that we know dating back to his days in Jacksonville in the NASL. It was, it was, it was we knew it was going to be a rough run of matches. Um, nobody thought it would be that rough. And, and Martin kind of announces the world, his resignation during our post game interview. Brad had touched um, on that. And, that and that what I have told came people out of left field. is, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And, and I told people, I said, well, I said, you got to remember, I said, Andrew Luck retired while I was doing a preseason telecast two years ago. I said, so I've, I've got some I've got some experience in crisis management um, where, you know, yes. where we can deal with things like that. So it's just been it's just been such a it was a it was a year filled with such promise. And even for as bad as last night was, as we're recording this. You know, it, it's still a, a three through eight. There is next to no separation between those teams. And so if, as long as you can keep putting together some results, you try to forget this one as quickly as you can. You try to bounce back as quickly as you can. Um, but, but you know, last night marked the official halfway point of the season. And if you had told me everything that would have transpired and the fact that this team would have won back-to-back matches once all year, I wouldn't have believed you because I really thought this team was was destined to be successful this year. Looking forward to the second half of the season. Um, yeah, I thought after we went down and got one in Tulsa, I'm like, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe we have started to find a little bit of a team identity, putting the two up top. That was, by the way, Greg, that was Tom's idea. Uh, Thank he, you. He's been begging for Arteaga and Hamilton up top since him and I started talking. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think Matt, I'm the only, I don't think I'm the only one who's uh, been plugging for that. Oh, Tom, stop being so humble. You know you have a connection to Max somehow. Uh, but we really thought, you know, hey, we go to Tulsa, we get three points, we come out of it. There's an absolute chance that we may be able to start something. And yeah, last night was yeah, we got to forget it. Uh, short memory. It's really, you know, if we go win Saturday, that's three points. We're back in the hunt. Three through eight is a very tight pack right now. Um, and really, it's anybody's any Birmingham and, and Lou are kind of pulling away from the crowd slowly but surely. They're making their stamp, they're pulling away where everything below that is kind of open season. Um, do you think we can make the playoffs, Greg? I think absolutely. No, the talent's there. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, But you can't wait to make that run. You know, it needs to happen sooner rather than later. And, and I know the mindset going into Wednesday and and the results on Wednesday showed dividends from it in terms of, you know, the team basically was given five days off last week, not last part, but the, the week prior. So after the loss to Birmingham, the gap from the Birmingham match to Tulsa was the longest remaining gap the Indy 11 had in terms of the season, in terms of between matches of, of, of 10 or 11 days. And so it was basically, all right, fellas, you know, Sunday through Thursday, go get away from this. You know, let's refresh, let's reset, let's recharge and know the season, you know, resumes on August 4th in Tulsa. 
And so when the team plays as well as they did, yes, the field conditions were miserable, um, but you still find a way to gut out a, a road result. You say, okay, hey, there's something here. Great. And now you, you say, okay, let's, let's, let's back that up, you know, four days later and you're down 11 seconds in and it's just kind of soul crushing. So again, somehow, some way you had to figure out a way to get past it. But, you know, it, it, even though we're only at the halfway point, it's going to get late early at some juncture. Okay. You have to get a run of form going uh, and, and let's hope that happens sooner rather than later for this team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from a fan's perspective, when I saw the starting lineup, I scratched my head and it looks like Jordan's still not ready to come back. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Hopefully, well, I, knew that, I knew that was going to be the case. So okay. we had Jordan on soccer Saturday last weekend. I heard that. Um, and, 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 you know, Jordan was the backup last night, listed as the backup. And that's the first time that had been the case um, since, since, you know, he played and, and injured that wrist on June 15th. So, my thought is, is that it's going to be Jordan, if not next week and the week after. I know he is making tremendous process, uh, progress. He's been out of that cast now for two or three weeks. He's kind of limited uh, to, to kind of a, a light wrap uh, that is on that wrist. And he has been going through things in training. Um, but, again, I, I don't want to pin all of last night just on the goalkeeping. You know, there were other issues that, that took place. Clearly, Eric made a couple of, of mistakes that he'd love to have back. But when you give up six – it's not on just one guy. Uh, it's on a little bit of everybody. And from top to bottom, I think every Indy 11 player would tell you, hey, we've got to be better. Yeah, last night was um, – I always, in the back of my mind, my son's a goalkeeper, and I always tell him, son, these aren't on you. This is a team effort. They've got to get through everybody else before they get to you. So something is breaking down. Just got to figure out what it is. But last night, they just seemed a step behind, flat, tired. I, I don't know really the word for it. It was just was no energy. Right. And that's, again, I, I think that goal was scored so early that it put everybody on. And, and there, there was, and you, you give up a second for the entirety of the contest. Um, it, it was a, a difficult travel stretch for the Indy 11. You play Wednesday. You fly back Thursday, Friday off, Saturday training, fly out Saturday, play Sunday, fly back today. Uh, and so maybe you look back and say, okay, can, can this be handled any differently? Um, you know, you kind of look at the league and say, hey, do we really need to have two games where you have flights in the span of four or five days? Could that be handled any better? But at the same time, again, it's this is this is on the fellas to say, okay, you know, and you know, you know what, you know, it's asked of you in this league and, and frankly, fewer than it used to be in terms of Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. Um, it, it's got to be better the second time around. It's interesting. You actually touched on that with Max on soccer Saturday about the schedule and how do you even get training in between that travel? And you, it really, there's nothing you, you can really do. It's, like you said, Wednesday they play, they come back Thursday, you give them a day off Friday to get their bodies recovered. And then Saturday, you're back on a plane getting ready to head out. It's yeah, it's incredible. It is. Uh, it is one of the it's one of the, the issues with American soccer that we deal with that maybe only the league in Russia deals with in terms of the amount of travel that you have. And when you have a midweek match, 
you know, are, you know, do you, you know, the, 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 the ability to get there in a quick fashion, you know, in England, virtually everything is a bus ride. So even if you are, you know, playing, you know, twice in the given a week or like the span around Boxing Day and, and the festive fixtures, uh, you know, it, it's a matter of, hey, you're usually on a motor coach and you're back home uh, in relatively short fashion as compared to flying into an airport that doesn't have any direct flights to get to it. Um, I, for my days with IUPUI, I know the Tulsa airport way too well. Uh, the next direct flight from Indianapolis to Tulsa will be the first. So it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it is part of playing sports e even. And again, the guys are flying commercial, you're not flying charter uh, in a situation like this. It beats the heck out of busing. Um, but but th there are some things on your schedule that are almost a schedule win or a schedule loss. It's part of what you deal with playing professional sports in this country. Yeah, it, interesting. And, and Tom being from the UK can probably attest to it. And even if you watch Premier League, you can, you know, you see the buses coming in. It's not like, you know, just the size of the country and the size of the landscape. It, it, it becomes very difficult, especially if you start making West Coast, East Coast trips right. all over the country. Then obviously there's a lot to deal with with a compressed schedule. Um, unlike the NFL where it's weekly, you know, you kind of figure that out. You can get the weekly thing, but Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, that's a, that's a minimal time for body and mind and everything else to kind of um, kind of recover, but we're back home Saturday. So um, I asked Brad the same question. We'll probably ask you the same game prep. Brad's Brad very kindly gave us the insight that you are nothing less than a machine, Greg, when it comes to <laughs> information. Uh, you've already said it a few times on this show that I'm like trying to scramble and look up what you're, what you're talking about. Um, obviously, you've got the knack. You've got a gift. People would call it a gift. Yep. Brad, Brad says it's a sickness, and I get that, but it's absolutely incredible the data that you can just pull out of the gray matter. Um, well, I tell people, say it convincingly, people will believe you, you know, <laughs> very few people are going to fact check you, you know, during the course of the game. Is that true? Let me look up this player's Wikipedia. Oh, that's funny. So the other words, fake it till you make it loud enough and everybody sure. will be fine. Absolutely. No, the, the, the longer that you do this, you know, the more that you have an organized system. Um, and I frankly probably have had a more organized system this year. Um, th than I have had in years gone by. And, and I think the most direct parallel that I can reference in this sport in terms of how I prepare um, is to college basketball, because you're seeing a somewhat similar number of players. You know, I, I need to be prepared for 15 to 18 players on an opposing team. And at this point, I am 16 matches into the season for us um, there, there are very few things that, that I don't know about our guys. In other words, my game prep for us, I, I live it, you know, and, and I'm into the part of the year where I see the guys in training. Uh, I've had most of the players on soccer Saturday at some point in time. I'm lucky enough that guys like Jared Timmer, Reese Buckmaster, Jeremiah Gutyar, Eric Dick, I've called their games in high school or college, uh, you know, for all those guys. So, so I have some working knowledge that I can reference with those players or guys like Ioze or Jordan Farr or Carl, we met, 
that I have seen play for four years for the Indy 11. I kind of have my factoid down about those guys too. Then it becomes, okay, you spend more time prepping for the opposing team. Well, other than Atlanta United too, we've had a broadcast of every other team in the division at this point. The guys from Louisville seemingly never change. I've seen those guys, <laughs> you know, for, for, for the last four years. So it, it becomes formulaic. And so what I will do is I'll do about two or three pages of notes. I want about three or four factoids on every player going into a match. I need to have access to how many goals they've scored, minutes they've played, matches they've started, where they're from, other places they have played. But I want to be able to drop two or three facts on each player when there is that five to 10 to 15 seconds of kind of, 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 of dead time. But I don't want to get something that's too long or too elaborate that takes away from the flow of the game. And that if I'm wrapped up in telling a story, I've got to figure a way to get out of that to describe the action that's taking place on the field. Um, and so, again, I'll, I'll, I'll use a, a college or a basketball reference. So like I'm instructing people how to do radio play-by-play for basketball and how to work with a color analyst. I say, listen, I said, I got to describe every pass when they're in the half court. I said, as soon as the shot goes through, if they're not pressing, you can jump in and say something until the ball gets to the top of the key, you know, until they start their offense. You know, that's got to be in a seven to 10 to 15 second burst. We're not as time compressed when it comes to television because the picture tells the story, but I use kind of a similar thing. When I say, listen, as the analyst, you can, the floor is yours when the ball's between the 18 yard boxes. When the ball's around the 18, I need to have it back because something important is likely to happen. I kind of go more into true play by play mode at that point in time. When the ball's between the 18, when there's some downtime, you kind of go into more like talk show mode where you're, again, you're trying to educate the viewer. You're trying to give them things they wouldn't know. If I'm just describing the balls at this guy's feet and the balls at that guy's feet, now this guy over there has it. Your eyeballs do that for you. This isn't radio. A picture will tell you that story. I'm like a commentary track. I'm trying to educate you. And I was very lucky. I had a high school head coach. Uh, his team won a state championship this year. Uh, Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. His son played basketball at Grace College. I had a Grace Marion game in January. I didn't see his, his dad, Mark, until right before the basketball state finals in late March. And he pulled me aside. He goes, hey, listen. He goes, I just wanted to thank you for that broadcast you had of the Grace game. He goes, I absolutely loved sitting down and watching the game. He goes, I felt like I was being educated. He goes, I learned so much in watching the game. That's exactly what I want to hear. I want to be able – I'm not trying to talk over the game. I'm not trying to take away from the game. I'm trying to add to what you know, what you learned, and, and, your, and your entertainment that you got from watching that game. That's what my job is. I, and I know um, I can speak – and I'm going to speak for the fans in general, Greg. Um, we watch the away games, and we say to ourselves, my Lord, are we lucky? <laughs> have you and Brad call a game because some of these folks, Tom will tell you that Tulsa game. I don't know how he got through <laughs> it because he doesn't, unfortunately he doesn't get the benefit of being able to flip off the sound and try to flip on, 
you know, the TV and get you and Brad speaking. Um, but some of these announcers, it's like, oh, oh, help. Me. So, Tom, here's what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. Okay, Our next road match is September the 26th uh, in Oklahoma City. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a 20, I think it's the 22nd in Memphis. We switched it because of my my dumb schedule. So September the 22nd um, against Memphis. So obviously you and I follow each other on 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 uh, on Twitter. So I will send you a message. I am going to give you my phone number. I am going to call, I'm gonna let you call me, but put the I'm put it on speakerphone so you can hear Brad and I call that match <laughs> on, the, on September the 22nd. What do you think? Yeah, that's great. Tom, you got it. You got to do it. It beats Tom. us having to listen. It beats us having to listen to any any other commentators. <laughs> so so here's what we've got out of this podcast, Tom. This is pretty cool. Greg's giving going to give you his phone number so you actually get live feeds. And then secondly, Brad actually, hey, he said he'd pick Tom. He picked Tommy up from the airport. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. So so here we go. I mean, Tom, you've got zero excuse at this point. Um, Thanks, Greg. That's pretty that that's awesome. And I know Tom will take you up on that. That is yep. Uh that that's pretty cool itself. Um, so the question is who calls who and who pays the charges? Uh Tom's paying me and he can pay the charges. Gotcha. There we go. Okay, just want to make yep. sure we get that right. Yeah. Uh, and we get it documented. So no, there is um obviously you and Brad bring a lot to the show, Greg. And, and I, you know, honestly, I can't thank you enough for coming on this poor little always we podcast. Um it's just something we started and I'm like, okay, we just need something for the fans by the fans. To help oh, I so, Oh, trust me. I have an ego in, in play here. Once you have Brian on the show, I'm like, they're going to ask me. Right. And almost immediately like you did. So no, it's all good. <laughs> oh my Lord. Tom, did he hit that off the head when we asked yeah, Brad? We, what, what did Brad we say? Uh, we couldn't have one without the other. So it's not, it's not really fair. So. Right. No. And it was funny. We said something to Brad. It's like, Hey Brad, can we get Greg? And before I even got your name out, Greg, he goes, Oh, absolutely. You know, that's going to happen. So, yeah, he <laughs> and I think you reached out the same day, Greg. So that, that in itself is kind of awesome. Um, so yeah, no, it, obviously the season we've talked a little bit about the season, obviously I envy you, Greg, because of who you can get a hold of on the team. That to me is like, that's what I shoot for in the next level of this podcast, getting a hold of the FO, the front office folks, and they have been absolutely accommodating to this. We've been in contact, uh, stupid COVID and all of its mess. And the second wave coming has started to slow some things down. Um, but I'm trying to get some youth soccer folks involved where the kids are writing questions, asking to interview their favorite player and kind of get that in play with the podcast. And I think, uh, some requests have been sent out. So it's just kind of a matter of seeing if it, if it comes to life. Um, so, you know, obviously you say some things that make me think, Hey, maybe we can talk about that on the podcast itself. Um, Max Rogers, you know, he was a Martin hire. He was a Martin philosophy guy. I, I think he's trying to, um, to figure out how to undo what's been done without complete completely blowing the team up. Um, I think the players respect him. I think they like him. Um, you had him on the show the other day. He had some insightful things to say. Um, where do you see Max at the end of the year? If you're at liberty to talk about that, Greg. Sure. I, I think that's a chapter that's unwritten yet. And again, you know, we have now seen Max 
you know, for the better part of seven weeks as the head coach of this team. You know, he's named on June 16th. And as much as we all want answers and want things to change, there are still 16 matches left to go. Um, and and my, my general thought would be, so this is, and this is, this is not me providing behind the scenes access. This is, this is my, I think somewhat educated opinion. If they were going to make a move and have a, a coach come in that, that move would have happened by now. Uh, I do tend to think it's going to be max for the rest of the season. Again, that's me saying that, not the Indy 11 saying that just to, just to clarify. Uh, and so because of that, you got 16 more games left to go and hopefully more than that, hopefully some postseason contests. So I think the opportunity is there for Max long-term. Um, you know, it's, it's the second time that we as a franchise have gone through this. And, you know, obviously it, it's a different world six years ago in, in leagues from the NASL to the USL Championship. Um, you know, Tim Regan, I thought, did a, a real solid job in 2015. And God bless Tim when it wasn't going to be him as the guy to be the next head coach. He stayed on as an assistant for the first year. So I, I think Max has done some good things. Uh, Max will go back to the drawing board after the way things unfolded last night. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of take it from there. But I, I, I don't think I don't think Max's future has been written yet in terms of his opportunity to be the full time head coach of the Indy 11 from 2022 and beyond. That seems to be yeah. a very common. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. I think that's a common theme amongst everybody we've talked to. Yeah, literally everybody we've had on. Uh, obviously, we've asked the same same sort of question, and they've all said, um, sort of like he deserves to see it through. So, I think whatever goes beyond this season, he definitely deserves to see it through from from now till the end. Yeah, and if obviously if we make a run into the playoffs, and yeah, solidifying something long term. Um, I think would be great for the team, great for some longevity, great for some team identity. Um, we are getting a little bit short on time. We still have some time left as you can look at your chat windows. Um, so Greg, not only, I mean, soccer, you, you, okay. So you talk and add, if we need to add here, Colts in the 11. Yep. Yep. Pacers. So I, I have, I have never broadcast a Pacers game. I have covered the Pacers over the years. I joke about it. They are kind of the one team in Indianapolis, they and the Indianapolis Indians, although I did sneak in an Indians broadcast on Friday night. Um, they are they are the one team that's not on my beat, that being the Indiana Pacers. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Indians, you got it. So you got a broadcast in there. Yep. Uh, ICS Network. Can you give us a little detail what that's sure. about? I did take a peek at it, but go ahead. Explain what that's all about. I know you're the VP, so go ahead. Correct. So ISC Sports Network um, is, is the full-time day job. We do a, a tremendous amount of high school sports. We do a tremendous amount of, of small college sports, other events. Like when I said I'm doing basketball on Thursday, uh, there's an event called the City League that has guys that some of them still play professionally. A lot of them were college basketball players um, that are all in the, in the Marion County area. It's a really competitive league. They bring us in to televise their championship games for their women's division and for their men's division. So that's the hoops that I'll be doing coming up on Thursday night uh, for, for radio fans locally. We're the ones that now produce Query and Schultz after their nine-year run on Indianapolis radio. They're a weekly television show. Uh, the other thing that is very cool for this audience, you're actually getting inside information here, folks. So 
Um, we're going to be handling the production for Chicago House Athletic Club matches too. So, nice. uh, so I won't be doing the play-by-play. I'm not at liberty to say who will be, but it's our company that will produce those matches. So, in fact, I will be up there for their second ever home match at SeatGeek Stadium on Sunday, August 29th. Uh, I thought it was very fitting that their two goal scorers from their opening game on Saturday night were Drew Connor and Wojciech Vucic. It's the two former members of the Indy 11 got their goals. And Drew is the team captain, and he is really reinvigorated uh, because of being a chance to play in, in Chicago. So uh, that's that's kind of the latest thing that we have added uh, you know, to, to our, our resume. So we broadcast a, a variety of of stuff. And oftentimes the play-by-play guy is me uh, on those things. So uh, for all the various things that I do, that is the day job. That is the nine to five is, is running the ISC sports network. So I, I need to ask the question between Greg and Tom, who sleeps the least? Because <laughs> <laughs> between what you do, Greg, and every time I reach out to Tom, he's like always there. And I'm like, I'm going to do a, a podcast episode just based on Tom's 24 hours or 24 hours in the life of Tom, because (laughs) between besides the time difference in the games, obviously. Uh, But yeah, that's interesting. And we'll put a link up and we'll connect with, with you on Twitter, Greg, to get the ICS name out there. Uh, It's funny because my son's soccer coach will send out, Hey, take a look at this. And it's always Marion college soccer. And it's you in the voice. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I know that voice. Know it. Well, that's Greg doing the call for Marion soccer. So yeah, that is, that is always good because it, it really is. I, I like the smaller soccer venues, the smaller teams. It just, to me, it's just more cozy. Sure. I mean, we, and, and we're a company that, you know, we are looking for whoever wants to partner with us. So thankfully the folks at Marion university had us do most of their football, uh, including some some road games um, over the last few years. And then because of, of COVID last year, their football season moved to uh, the spring. And they said, all right, we're going to play these other sports. We'd like to have you televise them. So we did Marion women's soccer, obviously has been tremendously good. Um, they had their, their men's soccer team, their volleyball. And so now that, that football has moved back to the fall, We'll broadcast all their home football games, but we're still going to do a couple of, of women's matches, a couple of men's matches, some volleyball and other sports for Marion, which is which is awfully cool. So uh, we, we partnered with Marion, the University of Indianapolis, and we are always looking to add more to that. Awesome. I don't know about you, but I sounded really good in these headphones. 